the VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. Whether you're a veteran voice actor, just starting out, or don't even know how to set a level, we're here to help you avoid the pitfalls along your voiceover path to success. The VO Meter is brought to you by Voice Actor Websites, Studio Bricks, Global Voice Acting Academy, JMC Demos, and Sennheiser. The VO Meter is produced in part using Source Connect, made by source-elements.com. And now, your hosts, Paul Stefano and Sean Daly. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 67 of the VO Meter. Measuring your voice over progress. Today, we're featuring voice actor and coach and newly minted author, Rob Marley, to talk about his new book about getting started in voiceover. But before that, we've got some exciting podcast announcements. First off, we've got a new sponsor. You know them, we know them, we love them. They're Studio Bricks, some of the most beautiful ISO booths you can find on the market today. So Paul actually got one, and he's going to be talking about his experience later in the episode. But we just wanted to thank Studio Bricks so much for being a sponsor of the podcast. Yes, welcome to Studio Bricks. We're so happy to have you and thrilled to start this beautiful relationship. Sounds like the start of a beautiful friendship. So we've got a lot more to talk about, but we'll save that for... VoiceOver Extra brings you the VO Meter Reference Levels. Uh, seriously, guys, that's the best you could come up with? Hey, it's your show. So, Sean, why don't you start? Uh, I think it's kind of a quiet period for both of us, but why don't you start with anything that's going on in your VO world? Yeah, not too much on the project front. It's been a bit of a lull for that, but still just auditioning. And I realized, I like, last week I've been working for three separate schools teaching voice acting, so that's kind of cool. As you guys know, I work for uh, Global Voice Acting Academy as the membership manager. Recently, I started working for a local independent art school called Rekindle out of Seattle. And then about a month ago, I um, partnered with another school in Seattle called Lakewood Institute of Theater. And this was interesting because I got to work or teach voice acting to high school students for the first time. Uh, so that was really cool. I mean, I had, I had done stuff like this when I was in college as part of my degree, but it was really cool, like working with like young, motivated and talented actors. It was really fun. People who care, in other words. <laughs> no. People who care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always equate it to my, my teaching experience in Japan because, like, here you have kids who are not motivated to learn a language. You are probably never going to learn it. And then um, I admit it kind of, like, it turned me off from teaching for a while because I'm just like, you're not motivated and you're never going to use this. I don't feel like I'm helping anyone. And then when I started teaching for GVAA, I was like, oh, my God, motivated adults who come and they listen and they do things and they participate actively. It's wonderful. Um and yeah, again, I should specify. These, these that, that's kind of what I was getting at, too. I wasn't disparaging you mentioning GVAA or any other entity you work with, but my experience having one teenager and almost another teenager in the house has been a lot of lethargy and, uh, uh, what do I have to do that? So I'm, I'm glad you're finding some kids that are actually motivated. No, exactly. I mean, it's the difference between things that you're obligated to know and things that you're actually interested in right so like i can't i can't blame that it's it's kind of you can blame the way we teach as much as anything else but That's but true. still point of the story it's great to to work with some motivated students <laughs> That's great I'm glad you're uh, you're finding your sea legs so to speak working with them Anything else going on you want to talk about no, although it was funny because, like, right at the same time this happened, someone was reaching out to a mother was reaching out to me for, uh, she's like, oh, my 13 year old wants to join your class for Rekindle, which is more of an adult themed class. And then, um, it was so funny that this happened because it was like right before the other high school class. And I was like, here's how I do things. Here's my copy of the syllabus. Here are my assignments, la, 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 la. And she was like, oh, okay, this this doesn't sound like any fun for kids. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> this was like right days, days before I was going to teach that other class. And I was like, oh, no. But uh, luckily, everything went fine. The kids loved the class. The, the teacher who hired me loved what I did. And so it all worked out fine. <laughs> that's good. Like I said, that's pretty much all I've got going on, aside from our QGPs, which we'll talk about later. But what about you, Paul? I'm doing a lot of author-recorded books still. That sounds like I'm not excited about it, but I am, I swear. I'm doing most of this work for Twin Flame Studios, which is the company I work for in audio production uh, as a freelancer. 
and I have four projects going on right now. Two are complete and waiting to be approved, and I'm working on two more that are about to be uploaded to the publishing platforms and get those out and, and published, and that was a lot of fun. And then independently, I'm working with Celia Siegel, who a lot of our VO friends and listeners probably know, the VO branding expert. And I'm recording her audiobook, Voice Over Achiever. Uh, she's narrating it, and I'm recording it remotely, just like I do with some other, some other authors out there. But Celia's recording it herself. She's doing a great job. Love her passion. And I can't imagine anyone else reading Voice Over Achiever in a different voice other than hers. So I'm really happy with the way that's going. And then another thing we're doing, which is a little bit daunting for me, but I mean, I had the experience, but it's going to be interesting to pull it all together. If you've read Celia's book, you'll know that she references a lot of talent using examples of people she's worked with to create brands. And there's pictures and uh, testimonials from a lot of these people, friends that we've had on the show like Mike Cooper and Andy Arndt, and then some other just VO friends that you and I probably both know, like Lynn Norris and Jay Rodney Turner. And we're getting their actual voices to record their testimonials and interspersing them when they appear in the book. So it's going to be basically a full production at this point. Uh, Gerald Griffith is going to do one who had a testimonial about working with Celia. So it's going to be interesting to pull all this together and see how I can make it sound. And I got to say, it's a little nerve wracking because while I always do my best when setting up these author recorded spaces, I figured I had to be really careful with this one because... The people who are listening to this book are all the people we work with, and in some cases, hire us. So <laughs> it really needs to be top-notch. So Celia and I spent a lot of time getting her walk-in closet set up so it would sound professional. And i got to say, it sounds really good. I think I played a clip for you a couple of weeks ago. What did you, you think? Did, yeah. It did sound really nice. And I, I loved her delivery. You're right. I can't really imagine anyone else doing Celia's book. <laughs> yeah, so we're just about to wrap production. We're probably going to finish tomorrow, and then... Everyone, well, most people know that from listening to the podcast how long it takes to get a book published on audio. So probably about a month we'll have it out there. So look for VoiceOver Achiever by Celia Siegel and narrated by Celia. That's awesome. And at least you have a healthy network of audio engineers who can help you with the production aspects if you need it. <laughs> That's true. I actually just got an email from George Whittem about a, a thing. So, yeah, there, there's plenty of people we can reach out to and get some help with if need be. But like I said, I'm excited about it. It really is kind of interesting. That's awesome. Reminds me of my first, like one of my first commercial projects that I ever did. I, I've talked about it on the podcast. It was for like an English textbook. And very quickly, I went from realizing they like it was I thought they just wanted a single narrator. But no, they wanted a full production with a couple of different actors. You actually were on it. Um, and they wanted sound effects and like various processing. So it sounded like people were calling and answering a phone. There was an answering machine. People were in a cafe. So yeah, like yeah, I definitely quite reached out to quite some... involved. It was quite involved and I totally undersold myself, but like <laughs> live and learn because um, it was only like an hour and a half book. So I was like, oh, yeah, two finished hours. It'll be fine. Like six months later. But anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so there was a lot of learning while I earned in that one. And thank God for Adobe Auditions pr uh, processing presets for like different atmospheres and stuff like that. So uh, point is, I'm sure you'll figure out a good solution. You might get creative. Um, use what tools you have available, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. So that pretty much wraps up all of our Vito Meter reference level topics this, this episode. But now it's time for Questionable Gear Purchase. So Sean, have you had any questionable gear purchases since last we talked? I did. I did. I know I always strive for those sensible gear purchases I'm always trying to coin, but this time no, I was not as successful. <laughs> so I, um, anyways, you guys know my, my friend and co-worker at GVA, David Toback, turned me on to this one, I don't know, I guess peripheral system you might call called Triad Orbit. They have a, It's a modular system where you can create a lot of stands and clamps and boom arms and stuff like that for attaching monitors, microphones, tablets, all that sorts of stuff. And someone who likes modular options uh, and portable ones, I thought this was great because they had this handy little C-clamp option where I was hoping to suspend my, my new monitor from the PVC ceiling. And then I got that, like I got everything. It was about $200 for this tiny little three-piece set. I mean, it was like very high quality it was very heavy duty like you could easily 
take someone out with it. Um, but it, it just was too small. Like the monitor was flush against the ceiling. It was a pain in the butt to get it up there by myself. I was really nervous that the whole thing was going to come crashing down on me. And that's no fault of, of the system itself. I mean, it was like... Ooh, well built the, the build quality was amazing but it was just the structural integrity of my booth itself that i was worried about and so i showed you pictures it, the the idea was cool but it had the opposite problem now my neck was craning up at a uncomfortable <laughs> angle and so the ergonomics were not there and obviously there was no place to put the mic to suspend it above so it would be out of the way like it was before so I was hoping for something that I could just like easily integrate into my current system, but if I had wanted if I really wanted to use it, everything would have had to change. I would have had to reorient my my blanket panels so I could like use like a vertical beam to suspend it from instead of the ceiling. I would have had to reorient everything in the booth to get it to work. And I was like for the cost, it just wasn't worth it. So, lo and behold, you and I are like window shopping online and then I find this $30 monitor stand from Monoprice, which is a great, great store. They have so many different accessories and peripherals and like office supply stuff, audio or audio visual stuff, like XLR cables, mic cables, anything and everything under the sun and for very affordable prices. So like he and I were like, man, let's give this a shot. And so I ended up returning the triad system. I got refunded for that, used the money for the new stand. Does exactly what I wanted it for. It's flush with the desk. It perfectly integrates to my current system. It gets the monitor exactly where I wanted it. And it was a tenth of the cost. So, so there you go. I really wish I had just spent a little extra time online and then I wouldn't have had to like spend the money sending that item back, even though Sweetwater's awesome with their return policies, but it was a big hassle otherwise. So sometimes you have to you just have to make a mistake to realize that something you want to work will not work. <laughs> but I'm really happy now. Anyways. <laughs> I'm glad so that worked my, out. Monoprice yeah. price is great. I've been using them for years. They also have a lot of pro audio gear, So, but it's not really mm -hmm. branded as such. So we created a, a home theater in our basement, geez, like tw thir 13 years ago now. And I bought all the surround sound speakers and cabling from Monoprice at probably half the price of anywhere else. And they're still going strong, so love Monoprice. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's just like they just very simple branding and design elements, but build quality is excellent. Yeah, for sure. All right, what about you? I, you said you... <laughs> You had quite a few things you wanted to talk about this time. Yeah, well, there's there's a couple things going on. First of all, I'm using the MK8 microphone from Sennheiser, which was um, given to us to try by Sennheiser, sponsor of the show. This is not a questionable gear purchase in any way. It's a fantastic large diaphragm condenser, and it has a number of features that you talked about on a previous episode, I think maybe even the last one. And what I like about it so far is just its clarity. It sounds fantastic all by itself. Right now I'm using it in pretty much flat there's no no high pass filter no um no limiter is it limiter? no pad <laughs> no yeah no pad that's what i was looking for no pad no high pass filter and it's on the standard cardioid pattern so i found this sound this sounds pretty good especially in the new booth which i'll get to in a second i've also tried the figure eight pattern which i liked a lot as well and it also has a hypercardioid i think that's the the icon with the heart but the line at the bottom right is that what that is hypercardioid yeah, yeah. So it has several different patterns. It's got the the cardioid, the standard cardioid we talked about, the, uh, I believe, super cardioid. It's slightly different. Yeah, super uh, or hyper. I'm going to go to that now, actually. You guys can okay. hear the difference. Um, keep talking. Ooh, fancy. All right, keep talking. I'm so bumping yeah, it, aren't I? Uh, excuse me. Got a cardioid, wide cardioid, super cardioid, figure eight, and then uh, omnidirectional as well. So, All right, so this is hypercardioid or super cardioid. Ah, this okay. Is. Can you tell the difference? Hello, check. One, two, three. One, two, three. Testing. Maybe a little bit more focused sound. Oh, really? Okay. Well, let's go to figure eight. Mm -hmm. Live on the show. And here's figure eight. Excuse the mic bumping as I just manhandle it and grab it with my giant sausage fingers. Nice. But and I, I, actually, I actually grew to really like the figure eight pattern because it kind of warms up the sound a little bit. Mm -hmm. We were talking before we record that this can be... Um, this, the, the MK4 and the MK8 are great. They've got a very neutral sound, but that can border on sterile sometimes. So putting it in figure eight can kind of get a little bit more uh, 
absorb some extra reflections in the booth and kind of fill out the sound. Uh, it's a very untechnical explanation, but um, it Makes really sense. does help kind of liven up the sound and help uh, a smaller booth. Well, here's figure eight. Are you hearing any difference in the way it sounded from a couple of seconds ago? Yeah, I thought it kind of warmed it up a little bit. Oh, well, there you go. It might be subjective. I mean, I do have a pretty <laughs> sterile sound in here anyway. The booth is well-treated, so it's not going to make a huge difference, and I'm not trying to really block out any other sound from behind. I'm not trying to reject anything from behind, which is really what the figure eight is for. It rejects, or it picks up behind, and picks up in front, and rejects everything to the side, just like if you had an eight staring you in the face. So I'm not trying to mm -hmm. re really... It's kind of like an hourglass, if you think of it yeah. like that. Like <laughs> So there's nothing going on here on the sides of the booth, but if it warms it up, I'm all for that. But overall, I'm really impressed with it. It's a great mic. It's pretty affordable, in my opinion. And I, I heard it described as sort of like the, the poor man's TLM-103, if that can even be a thing. It's $700, <laughs> but it does, uh, it does kind of have the same of course, if you don't... sound, in my opinion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I said, it's a little bit more neutral. Doesn't have a lot of its own character, like say the the 103 or the 102 do, which may be good or bad for you. For example, like some people say that the the TLM 102 can be a little muddy, can lack the clarity of mm -hmm. the Neumann series. Um, but I got a lot of love for the the MK series. I jokingly call the the MK4 the TLM 101 uh, yeah. as a good entry level Neumann. Um, and it was actually my first large diaphragm condenser going from a uh, USB microphone to an XLR for the first time. So I used that for about a year before um, it got uh, damaged in an accident, unfortunately. And then and then I moved on to the other Sennheiser staple, the 416. Right. But, um, but yeah, I really enjoy that mic while I have it. And I love the design. And I think it's, I know a lot of um, talent in my membership who use it and a lot of working talent who do as well. Mm-hmm. So another feature I liked a lot was the high-pass filter when I was using it. I recently moved my booth from one room to another, which I'll get to in a second, but there's a lot of rumble in that room, and I'm using the high-pass filter at 60, negative 60? No, 60. And um, I was thinking <laughs> 60 of hertz, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, noise floor and dB. Anyway, I had it at 60, and it was really good. It almost eliminated the highway rumble, which has plagued me for a long time. There's a little bit there, but it was a completely different-sounding mic, in my opinion. This Well... I shouldn't say that. It made it sound exactly the same, but without the rumble. So it, it didn't really change the character of my voice at all, in my opinion, at 60 hertz, but did a fantastic job of taking out that, that low-end rumble, which is what it's supposed to do. And unless you, have, you are a very deep-based, <laughs> bassy male, like 60 hertz is not going to touch your voice for the most part. <laughs> yeah. I, mine's pretty close. I did some, some technical measurements when I first started, and I do have some voice power around like 65, so it's close. But I can get away with 60 and still sound pretty much like me. But thanks again to Sennheiser cool. for sending me this MK8. I'm really enjoying it and looking forward to, uh, to having you as a sponsor for another year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talked about it before. I'm not usually, um, multi-pattern mics aren't usually on my radar for voiceover. But having one in the booth and being able to experiment with such a quality one has been really nice. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so on to the big news of the day. I now have a Studio Bricks booth. Yeah, da da. Woo! I really meant to sound more excited about that. I have a Studio Bricks booth. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's been working a lot, guys, in case you can't tell from how exhausted he sounds. <laughs> so, some of you heard the story in the last episode, maybe two episodes ago. It started with me saying how cool it would be to have a Studio Bricks booth because there was this guy in North Carolina who was selling one for really a decent price. And if I could only get it, from Asheville, North Carolina, which is not that close to me in Baltimore, it would be great. So then this guy, who now I know to be Jeff Bahar, is a listener of our show and loves what we do. So he actually discounted it even a little bit more because he was a fan of the show. And uh, I went down and got it. Took a took one day a couple of weeks ago. Took me 16 hours of driving in one day and loaded up in my van and slept it back north and then set it up a couple of days ago, first in an old bedroom of one of my kids. We moved the bedrooms around, which is why I started shifting things anyway, and sold my whisper room and tried a different booth, as you've heard. Anyway, we put the, the studio bricks there, and I was still getting some rumble, and this has been my problem the entire time, which is why I wanted to get another booth to begin with. I knew that five years ago now, this is why I was getting this email from George Whittem. I reminded him of this, that five years ago, 
when I sent him a sample from my then booth, the Whisper Room, and said, what can I do about this rumble? He said, if you had a double-walled booth, you'd probably be okay. So after all this time, I finally got a double-walled booth in the Studio Bricks 1 and put it in the wrong room. I was in a room across the hall, which is even closer to the highway, and that was a really stupid decision. So what I've done now, which is not great for my living situation, but it's, it's going to have to do. I put the Studio Bricks, after, re after assembling it, I completely took it down with my wife's help and actually my 15-year-old daughter too, and we put it back up in the bedroom right next to my bed, which there's, it's a pretty big room. I mean, it's got enough room to do it. So, but I do completely block out a window now. But what I found out is that in now here... we both have bedroom-side studios. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my commute is really easy now. I literally roll out of bed. And in fact, if I step too far, I'll actually run to the booth. And I have to walk around the door to get to the bed. And it's, it's a bit of a thing. <laughs> but I'm happy to say that it was all worth it because I now have the best noise floor I've ever had anywhere recording. Just listen to this. Did you hear that? Probably not. Sound it's 4.30. I mean, it is a holiday. We're recording this on President's Day, but it's 4.30, which is a pretty busy time of, of day to have traffic behind me, and there's nothing coming in here at all. My noise floor is negative 73, which is just amazing. With the MK8, which is a super sensitive mic, and it's not picking up any of the rumble that I've had ever since I started and thought I could never get rid of, honestly. I thought it was never going to be able to fix my recording space completely but now thanks to our new sponsor studio bricks and my studio bricks one i am finally good to go honestly it's the it's the quietest and most natural sounding audio i've ever had heard from you so that's awesome man well thank you and thanks studio bricks <laughs> all right so that wraps up our unusually long QGP segment. So, we've got a wonderful interview with Rob Marley coming up in just a few minutes, but before that, a word from our sponsors. As a voice talent, you have to have a website, but what a hassle getting someone to do it for you. And when they finally do, they break or don't look right on mobile devices. They're not built for marketing and SEO. They're expensive. You have limited or no control. And it takes forever to get one built and go live. So what's the best way to get you online in no time? Go to voiceactorwebsites.com. Like our name implies, voiceactorwebsites.com just does websites for voice actors. We believe in creating fast, mobile-friendly, responsive, highly functional designs that are easy to read and easy to use. You have full control. No need to hire someone every time you want to make a change. And our upfront pricing means you know exactly what your costs are ahead of time. You can get your voiceover website going for as little as $700. So if you want your voice actor website without the hassle of complexity and dealing with too many options, go to voiceactorwebsites.com, where your VO website shouldn't be a pain in the you-know-what. Studio Bricks designs and creates the highest performing portable sound isolation booths. Their professionally perfected acoustics enhances your performance and takes your recording to their maximum quality from your home studio. Forget about managing noise conflicts with your neighbors and family. Pursue your passion for voiceover on your own time and on your own terms. How many times does this happen to you? You're listening to the radio when this commercial comes on, not unlike this one, and this guy starts talking, not unlike myself. Or maybe it's a woman that starts talking, not unlike myself, and you think to yourself, geez, I could do that. Well, mister, well, missy, you just got one step closer to realizing your dream as a voiceover artist, because now there's Global Voice Acting Academy. All the tools and straight-from-the-hip, honest information you need to get on a fast track to doing this commercial yourself. Well, not this one exactly. Classes, private coaching, webinars, home studio setup, marketing and branding help, members-only benefits like workouts, rate and negotiation advice, practice scripts, and more. All without the kind of hype you're listening to right now. Go ahead, take our jobs from us. We dare you. Speak for yourself, buddy. I like what I do. And you will, too, when you're learning your craft at Global Voice Acting Academy. Find us at globalvoiceacademy.com. Because you like to have fun. Walgreens. Because it's flu season. You live in a place with doorknobs and handrails and, you know, people. We tried booking a vacation rental on one of those other websites. They don't always tell you everything. The stars take it to the red carpet. We are back live from the red carpet. California leads the way for change in America, and so does Kamala Harris. Rated M for Mature. 
Claire Redfield. And who exactly are you? So, yeah, what hashtag should I use to describe a grown man in a tuxedo wrestling a goat? And prior to 1933, many of them belonged to a variety of political parties that were now outlawed in Germany. This is the story of how Q got curly. Quinn was crazy about curls. Curly fries, curly straws, curly-haired dogs. Hey, Jay Michael here. Thanks for listening to the VO Meter podcast. It's one of my favorites. If you're looking for a great demo like the ones you just heard, check out jmcdemos.com for more information. Hi, everybody. Our guest today got his start in voiceover and audio engineering working in an amusement park in California, setting up bands, mixing live shows, and instructing people to avoid using flash photography. He's worked for a variety of businesses in the entertainment industry where he volunteered to use his voice on anything that was needed, eventually moving into his own freelance career in voiceover. He specializes in commercial, corporate, automotive, and whatever VO job that happens to hit his inbox. He's also a voiceover coach, working with Terry Daniel at Universal Voice Talent, as well as a radio imaging producer and author. Over the years, he's written multiple helpful articles for his blog and online magazine, VoiceOver Extra. He's written so many, in fact, he's compiled them into a new book. He's here to tell us all about it. Ladies and gentlemen, please join us in welcoming the awesome, the talented, the awesomely talented, Rob Marley. How you doing, Rob? Hey, how's it going, guys? (laughs) Good, good. It's great to have you, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Thanks. So thanks so much for joining us, Rob. To start off, tell us how you got into voiceover. Uh, well, I mean, like like you said in the in the bio, I, I've uh, I started working uh, at a, at an amusement park in California, and there was a lot of times where they would have uh, announcing spiels on cart tapes. And uh, you would just put in a cart and it would tell you, you know, please stand and move to the center of the theater or, you know, please exit and enjoy the rest of your stay. And there were some times where the carts wouldn't work that I was expected to get on the, the talkback microphone and just, you know, do the spiel live. And for some reason, that just felt more comfortable to me because... I'm at a I'm in a booth, you know, behind the crowd. There's 3,000 people in the audience, but they're all looking at the stage. They're not looking at me. So it just made me feel a little bit more comfortable to to not have 3,000 sets of eyes looking at me. So I got I got more comfortable doing that. And then I'd always been in the in in video production and the television side of things. And whenever they had a project that they needed somebody to do a voiceover for, they would always say, "Well, Marley's got a good voice. Just use him." And and so I'm like, "Yeah, I'll do it." sure you know and then that's kind of how it got started and then a few years back well about nine years back now a friend of mine gave me a tablet pc uh you know a tablet as a christmas gift and it was one of those things that i it just kind of clicked and went this thing makes no sound there's no spinning hard drive there's no fan i could record audio with this i should be doing voiceover on my own and so that's kind of what it was. I'm like, all right, let's let's start a voiceover business let's do it for real this time so that's what i've been doing ever since that's fantastic. Now, also mentioned in the bio, which was so eloquently written by you. <laughs> Thank you. You've gotten into coaching, working with Terry Daniel. God knows why you would do that. But how did that happen, and how's it been so far? You know, honestly, it's been great. Uh, I I love well, I love working with Terry. He's a great guy, and I like the way his his coaching business is set up because it's it's multiple people that are that are working there. It's myself and Jan Anderson and Trish Bassani, and and it's a team effort in in getting people that are new in the voiceover business interested and and going down the right path, getting started the right way. You know, because I, I think a lot of us think when we first get into it that you know, I mean, I mean, you stand in front of a microphone. I know how to speak the words. I can do this. And then you realize how little you actually know about the voiceover business <laughs> and how to phrase things and why you phrase things certain ways. And and I I love showing these people the the pitfalls that I've kind of gone through and you know that we've all gone through and why you do things certain ways. And and for me, I love coaching. It's just been so much fun and uh, to 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 get people and to understand the business and how it works. You know, it's been a lot of fun. So, Rob, one of the things I've always known you for since I first started in the business uh, a couple of years ago is your blog, and it's been very helpful for me over the years learning some of the tidbits you drop in there. How did the blog get started? 
You know, I guess it was. It started more like as a rant. <laughs> I think that's kind of the way most blogs are. That they, they start out as, you know, what really bothers me. You know, what grinds my gears, and 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 I just kind of evolved from that into, you know, whenever I had th- had something I wanted to say, I would just come out and and write it all out. And and again, it was sort of like a like a, on my own journey towards. Uh, learning voiceover it's like oh here's here's what's here's what i did wrong or here's what worked better for me and it kind of just evolved into that of uh, every now and then i would put out a new article and and uh you know a little blog entry saying you know this is why you should do it this way or this is why it worked for me this way and it's just evolved into this big collection of of stuff that's awesome. Like you were saying before, you kind of got started recording with the tablet, and your article about that was actually really instrumental in my own early home studio setup because I totally recorded with an Audion ID22 going into an iPad because in very humid Nagasaki, Japan, there's a high chance you're going to get some laptop noise. So that was really, really helpful for me. And I love the idea. I don't know if you coined this term yourself of creative and elegance. Can you tell us more about that? <laughs> yeah, that's I, I don't know if I want to trademark that or what. But yeah, I, I always I, I've always said, you know, use use the materials you have to, to make the place sound correctly you know sound good sound gooder like i can talk for a little um <laughs> the most good <laughs> the most good right so you know you don't need expensive acoustic foam and you know and acoustic treatments and stuff like that my first booth quote unquote booth was half of a walk-in closet that i'd ripped out and covered in quilts and comforters and blankets because that worked to deaden the sound and and it, you know it you're still going to hear the guy with the harley driving by but you're not going to hear the reverb inside the room and so yeah it may look like you've got blankets and comforters hanging from the from the walls and stuff but who cares it's how it sounds that's the important thing so you know that that's where i got that creative and elegance be creative with the materials you have and who cares what it looks like it's more important how it sounds Exactly. Like I said, that was really helpful for me. And since I work with new talent all the time, I tell them that all the time. And it really helps kind of set their expectations and get them to think outside the box with the resources they already have. Absolutely. That's that's the right way to do it. You don't, you know, when you're first getting started in voiceover, there's, there is an investment that you have to make. You have to make an investment in some gear. You have to make an investment in some training, you know, and it can get pricey. And, you know, buying acoustic panels and, you know, or building, a, you know, your own booth or buying, a you know, a studio bricks or a whisper room or something like that is not cheap. So why not use the materials you have? I always tell my students when I'm coaching them that, uh, I think it's the first two seasons of Deadliest Catch. Mike Rowe did all of his voiceover under the covers in his hotel room in Alaska. It was just him and a flashlight and a microphone recording the sound because they didn't have a you know budget for a booth, and it worked fine. Yeah, I don't want to uh, begrudge all of our friends who do do home studio consultation, but <laughs> I was surprised to relearn how easy it really can be recently. You might have heard my story about how I have a studio bricks, studio bricks in pieces waiting to be assembled because it has no door, and that's a whole other story for another time. But since Christmas, I've been in a blanket booth that I'm in right now that I created with the Producer's Choice blankets that I got for free. I don't, I haven't talked about this in a long time, but I didn't even pay for the blankets because early on when I was in my career, there was a big flood in Maryland where I live, mm-hmm. and their entire warehouse was flooded out. So they put all their stock, like thousands of blankets, in the back of their parking lot and said, if anybody wants these, come and get them. We're just going to take them to the landfill on Monday. So I went and got like 18 of them, <laughs> brought them home, squeezed out all the pond water because they had a... a pond that overflew into the into the warehouse there and then washed them and they came out good as new so i recently put those back up right around the christmas holiday season and it sounds great it sounds as good as almost anything else i've used now again it's the reason i have the booth is because of all the outside noise that i deal with all the time but when it's quiet here in the basement no one's walking around the dog's not yelling or barking it sounds great yeah I have I, my in my closet booth that I had when I first started. I I got one of those producers' choice blankets and and they're great. They're fantastic. I love the fact that it's white on one side, so it's not just a big black room that you're in. You can bounce light off of it and make it you know semi you know kind of brighter, and and they worked honestly. I think they work better than moving blankets. They're denser, you know, because I mean, 
the more mass you have, uh, the more the sound is going to be absorbed. That's really what it comes down to. You know, it's 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 air molecules. So if you have something that blocks those air molecules from or slows down those air molecules, then it's going to be quieter. And so, yeah, those blankets are fantastic. I love them. Yeah, agreed. So let's not forget the reason you're here. You've written a book. Oh, yeah. As we mentioned in the intro, some of your blog articles are, are in it. But tell us about the book and how it's doing and why did you write it? You know, it was funny. The The book started as sort of like the cheat sheet answer to uh, questions that I was seeing on the voice acting subreddits in on Reddit. You know, somebody would always say, how do I get started in the voiceover business? And it would be this, you know, well, you do this and you do this and you do this and don't do this and try this. And it was it was like this copy and paste answer that I would just drop in uh, <laughs> to to that to answer that question. And over time, I just kept adding more and more to it. And then I started writing the articles as blogs, you know, blog posts and and compiled that. And I thought, well, let's just let's turn this into a book. I mean, it's a collection of good information to help people get started in the business. It's not, you know, it's not the only way to get started in the business. It's not the only book out there. There's tons of books on voiceover. It's just mine's one of them. And it just worked for me. So that's where it kind of evolved from, you know, the frequently asked questions into a 200 some odd page book of, you know, how to get started in the business. And what's the response been so far? The response has been great, to be honest. Uh, uh, one, one per, um, you know, I forget what one person could described it as, as, as balls on accurate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, wow. Okay, cool. And one guy called it the VO Bible. I'm like, nah, right. Let's not let's not go too far with this. I mean, it's let's a great not add book. religion into this. No, <laughs> it's a great book. It's not you know, it's not the good book. And there's plenty of plenty of books out there on voiceover. Mine's just, you know, a, a, a good way for people who want to get started. You know, working from home, how to you know how to do it the right way, and not, you know, not up getting get end up getting screwed. You know, in the process. Awesome. So we've been talking about the book. What the heck is the name of the book and how can people buy it? <laughs> it's called So You Want to Do VO, Working from Home as a Voiceover Actor. And uh, it's up on Amazon. Uh, and it's been doing pretty good. I, I, you know, I'm I'm really enjoying the reviews that it's getting. And, and honestly, it's it's not about it's not about selling the book. It's really just I know a lot of people, you know, the pandemic has really pushed a lot of people into. All right. What can I do to work from home? I and mean, what can I do? Like maybe they lost their job and they need some sort of way to, you know, change their their career paths. This is this is a, you know, a a viable way to do it. It's not the easiest way because, I mean, you guys know there's there's better ways to make money than being a voice actor and way more reliable ways too. (laughs) yeah, (laughs) much more consistent ways to be a voice actor to, to, to make money. But, you know, it's just I just thought it's a good guide to help people to show them that this is something you can do. But only if you have the 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 drive and the passion you have to have that fire in you to you know accept the fact that you're going to do 100 auditions and never hear back from one of them you know it's that's the hardest part is understanding rejection is part of the deal you know but learning that and you know you have to have that you have to be motivated to do, to succeed if you think you can just do this for the weekend and get beer money forget it it's not going to work for you Absolutely. Like you're saying before, it takes some kind of investment, whether that's time, whether that's money, whether that's energy and creativity. You got to give something to get something back. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a small investment in money. It doesn't it doesn't cost a fortune to get started. I mean, you can get started with a decent microphone and and a preamp setup. And and I mean, you know, Audacity is free. So, you know, it's that software right there. And, you know, it it doesn't take much initially. But if you want to be successful at it, you're going to need to reinvest whatever you make into improving not necessarily not just your your mic chain or your booth, but also your self, you know, and and that's the most important thing is your own skills as a voice artist has to be improving. Otherwise, you know, you could have the most expensive microphone out there and, you know, it it doesn't matter if you sound like, like trash, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So we have to ask every VO author who's, who's done a book, are you doing an audio version and when? (laughs) 
You know, it, it, it's it's reaffirmed how much I hate doing audiobooks. <laughs> I, you know, I know some people that just they they make a great living doing you know being audiobook audiobook people, and you know more power to them. But yeah, I am working on it. I've recorded it, and I'm in the process of editing it. And yeah, it it just once again, I'm like, oh yeah, I forget. I I, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> That's hey man, I I totally feel for you. I've done a couple books myself, and I'm I'm finally getting to the point where I'm like, you know, I love audiobooks. I love listening to audiobooks. I hate making them. Like, yeah. it's just... It's, it's a lot of work for very little payoff, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to be passionate, and it's unfortunate, because I feel a lot of people are sold, like, get into audiobooks. It's the easiest way to get into the VO industry. And like, right. That's, ah! how, they, that's <laughs> how they sell it, right? That's that's the that's the big selling pitch, is that, you know, it's, it's a great way to get started in voiceover. I'm like, yeah, well... Sure. Two separate industries, two very yeah. different skill sets. <laughs> Big time. I will say that uh, if you're doing audiobooks, you know, especially if you're working for something like ACX, you know, you have to meet certain technical standards, and those technical standards will help you when you're doing, you know, commercial voiceover because you know your your mic chain is good and your your lit, your room and your environment is is quiet enough. So if you can meet ACX standards, you can you know you can record voiceovers you know, on your own uh, for commercial stuff and and not have to worry too much about the technical side of it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You have to, there's a lot of trial by fire with that. Like, Like you have to meet those professional expectations. They don't really hold your hand through it. Yeah. Yeah, and and even then, it's like you know the technical side is one thing, but but as far as audiobooks go, I mean, especially if it's you're doing if you're dealing with a big book, you've got to you've got to make sure that that character that you've been voicing sounds the same on page four hundred as he did on page two, and and be able to differentiate all those different characters and know the storylines and know know the fra- know all of those what those people are doing and how they sound, and then also you know coming down to can you actually read out loud? Can you read a story out loud and make it sound believable. You know, that's not something that a lot of people can do. They think they can, you know, oh, I read to my kids all the time. Well, reading to your kids and doing an audiobook are two really totally different things. Yeah, it definitely takes a special breed. And I like yeah. it a lot and do a lot of it, but I totally understand the opposite reaction as well. I mean, more power to you. I mean, I, I honestly, I'm not faulting anybody that does that does audiobooks. I think it's an amazing industry to be in, and and if you love reading books, that's a great way to do it because you're reading them out loud and you're learning, you know, more about the characters and more about what's going on. But just for me personally, I would rather I'd rather do you know a, a two minute infomercial or, or an infomercial, two minute e learning thing or a, a commercial spot, and and get the check than you know nine hours of recording that's going to be the same amount of money. <laughs> Absolutely, and like we were saying, so like I mean, it's different strokes for different folks. That's one of Absolutely. the awesome things about voiceover is that there's so many different genres and so many people specialize in different ones, right? Like I know Absolutely. a lot of people who do video game and animation who don't do audiobooks and vice versa and people like yourself who do niche genres like uh, like automotive and radio imaging so it's like you said it's different strokes for different folks so that's, yeah absolutely that's that's the beauty of of the voiceover industry is that there's there's so many ways that voices are are used i mean you could be a, a talking crosswalk you could be you know everybody thinks you know the radio and tv commercials those are the most obvious but i mean think about the guy that did the voiceover for the new york subway system the mind the gap guy or you know or please stand clear of the closing doors the mind the gap is is in the london the uk mind the yeah. gap please but <laughs> But yeah, I mean, those everything. There's a voice out there needed for everything, and it's not just video games, and it's not just animation. It's also, you know, apps on your phone, and and uh, even uh, smart devices. Your oven might talk to you. Your refrigerator might talk to you. And why not it? And why not have it be your voice? You know. Awesome. I love that that creativity and, and thinking again, thinking outside the box. So normally we joke on on websites that a lot of people don't pay attention to the about me section, but you actually had some really interesting stuff on there. So I really <laughs> wanted to ask. Um, I'm big fan of rock and roll. I have to know, you said you got a whole Chuck Berry's guitar. 
Tell yeah. us about that. That, was, that I, sounds amazing. I was working at, at, at an amusement park in L.A., and Chuck Berry is kind of notorious for doing the small uh, small venues, and, and basically he'll go wherever they were going to give him a check, basically. That's what it comes down to. And I was working. Uh, I'd never been starstruck working with anybody. I work with some big names, and it's always been really cool. And, you know, it's exciting, but I'm not, like, losing it. And we had done. we were doing two shows with Chuck Berry, and first show was fine and we were resetting between shows we let everybody out out of the house and a new set of audience was about to come in and i was just resetting the stage and we had you know moved the microphones and i grabbed his guitar and was walking across the stage and it it was one of those moments where it hit me i'm holding chuck berry's guitar not like one of his guitars this is chuck berry's guitar and for me, that was that's where I had that like brief moment of like, oh, my God, you know, that kind of feeling. Uh, it was amazing. It was I mean, it was it was incredible because Chuck Berry's kind of notorious. Like I said, he's notorious. He'll, he'll show up in his car with his guitar and he'll work with the band that they hire. They, of course, know all the songs. He does a rehearsal. He does the show. He, at the end of the show, he gets his check, gets his guitar and drives off to the next venue. That's the way he's done it for decades, you know. That's really awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I had a similar experience. I used to work for the the Baltimore Orioles and met a lot of famous athletes, and including Cal Ripken and that whole era. And I never was really starstruck until one time I got to hold the World Series trophy because oh. we had to bring it to a banquet that they were hosting. And they gave it to me and my other idiot 30-year-old something coworkers. And we carried it in. And as when we picked it up, we had to put on these white gloves so we wouldn't smudge it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm holding the World Series trophy. This is actually kind of cool. <laughs> and then we almost broke it on the way home, which is a whole different story. But it's, oh my gosh. it ended up surviving. Oh boy. That'd be tough to explain that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so another fun fact from your website is that you actually got to drive the Batmobile. Tell us about that. Yep. Yeah. Well, all right. So we're again working at the same amusement park. It was uh, they had a a fireworks show at the front of the front of the park uh, every night, and uh, this was when they were doing a, a, a Batman stunt show. You know, and they'd oh, have yeah. actors, you know, they'd, they'd do the whole, they'd like make it look like a scene from the movie and do all that stuff. And we had a Batmobile, one of the, one of the, uh, not the Tumblr, the, uh, the, the Burton version of the Batmobile. Oh, and okay. it was, it was cast from the original molds, the original fiberglass molds. And it was, for all intents and purposes, it was the Batmobile. And they needed a moment in the show where, they had it all set up where these the doors on you know Wayne Manor open up and the Batmobile pulls out and stops, and then you know fire effects enough stuff go off and I was just working as a technician that would load the fireworks that day for the show that night, and they just needed somebody to literally just wait for the queue, wait for the doors open, and to drive it ten feet. And, and I'm like, well, I'm sure I'll do it. I mean, it was like a Porsche engine in a in a race car frame with you know fancy fiberglass molding over the top of it, but you know, you still had to climb into the Batmobile and start it up and make sure that it was running and drive out and hit the mark. And it was like, I'm driving the Batmobile, man. Let's let's go. Let's go to Wendy's. Let's go hang out. <laughs> <laughs> did you to like blare the engine and everything, have the flames come out the sides? Nothing fun like that. I did rev the engine several times, but but no, nothing. <laughs> didn't get to do donuts in the parking lot or anything fun like that. You have a professional image for Batman to maintain. Exactly. <laughs> I think it'd be pretty cool to see the Batmobile doing donuts. That would be awesome. Right, right. I mean, Absolutely. come on. Rich boy with that many toys, he's got to play with them sometimes. Exactly. Well, thanks so much for telling us about those cool stories, Rob. So before we wrap up today, uh, any advice you want to give to talent starting out in the world of VO today? Uh, yeah, be patient. You know, be uh, be patient with yourself because uh, there's going to be, like I said, there's going to be times where you're submitting audition after audition after audition and you're not going to hear back and you're going to start to doubt yourself. Like, can I do this? You know, but if you have the drive, if you have the motivation that this is really something that you want to succeed in, uh, you will. You know, you are, it's going to take work. It's going to take a significant amount of effort to make it happen, but it will happen if you put in the effort. 
you know so you know don't just buy the gear don't just buy the fancy booth you know get the training get the coaching that you need to build your skills up to the level that you can swim in those big ponds with the with the other big fish you know and that's what and that's what it's all about it's it's you've got to you've got to show off your ability to be able to read the words the way the client wants whether that's you know in a commercial or an e-learning thing or a medical narration or an audiobook it has to it comes down to the performance of the of the person i mean they're called voice actors so you have to know how to act and be ready for whatever they throw at you so be patient with yourself and put in the right effort you know put in the time getting the training and getting the skills to to be where they need to be great advice so robert thank you so much for being here on the bo meter before we go where can folks find the book and more about you if they want to reach out well, you know, I'm I lurk on I don't lurk. I'm hanging out a lot on uh, the voiceover camp, VO camp on uh, on Facebook, that VO camp group. That's Terry Daniels group. Uh, and uh, you can find me on Facebook and friend me and ask me any questions that way. Get involved with the group. Ask questions there. You know, you can sign up with uh, Universal Voice Talent with uh, with Terry and the training courses that are the training that he offers with, you know, with for the students there. Uh the book is available exclusively on Amazon, but um, it, it and and you can find it just by doing a search for my name, and it pops up pretty quickly. You know, you'll you'll probably find books on Bob Marley too, but you'll also <laughs> find you know I'm I think I'm the only Marley that has a book on voiceover, so it's pretty easy to find. Do you have one on reggae and voiceover? But, you know, it's, <laughs> no, I don't. But I actually thought, like early on in the in the in my marketing process, I was going to send out postcards that was very Rasta looking, and it just said Rob Marley, the other guy. You know, and I didn't That's do that awesome. one. <laughs> uh, if your middle name was Nesta, it'd be too perfect. Oh, but I, I share the same birth date as Bob Marley, though. February. No 6th. kidding. Yeah, Seriously, wait today. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Well, happy birthday. Well, happy early thank, birthday. That's awesome. Thank you very it's much. It's February 5th for those doing the math. Well, yeah, they figured uh, it out, I'm sure. This recording. <laughs> so, Rob, it's been so great to catch up with you, man. I really feel like you're a kindred spirit. And to people listening, definitely check out Rob's articles, reach out to him on Facebook, and get his book for crying out loud. It's balls on accurate. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I, I I feel the same thing like with you. I, you know, it's, there's a lot of love with you guys, and I love what you guys do with the podcast and 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 the show. And you know, I'm just I'm excited to be a guest finally. This is this is fun for me. Wow! Thanks to Rob for coming on and and giving us that breath of fresh air. We've we've known about him for a while, and I've talked to him a lot at conferences. He's a great guy, great talent, and I'm so happy for him that he's got that book out. Yeah, absolutely. As I mentioned during the interview, uh, Rob's articles, which were sort of the uh, the beginning stages of that book, were a huge influence in my own career and my own studio setup. And it was so great to kind of pay it forward and give him a chance to promote the book. Yeah, it's a shame he had to mention Terry. Maybe I mentioned Terry. Either way, no one should ever mention Terry. <laughs> <laughs> but I kid, I kid. I actually like Terry Daniels coaching a lot, and Rob being part of his team is fantastic. So kudos to Terry for having the foresight to hire Rob. Yes, no, there's no bad blood between Rob or between Terry and Paul, everyone. Just to clarify, it's all good fun. <laughs> all right, so this wraps up this episode of the VO Meter. Measuring your voiceover progress. Stay tuned because we've got a mini-sode featuring my in-depth review of the Sennheiser MK8. And stay tuned for more great guests upcoming in the new year. Thanks for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. To follow along, visit us at www.vometer.com. We'd also love to hear your comments or suggestions for the show. Or if you have a questionable gear purchase, tell us all about it on our Facebook page or on Twitter at the VO Meter. 